Welcome to the Bible Questions podcast brought to you by BibleQuestions.org and the Holly Street Church of Christ. This podcast is dedicated to answering your Bible questions from the Bible. My name is Jeff, and along with Brian, we are the hosts of this program. Welcome to the Bible Questions podcast. Appreciate you joining us this morning. My name is Brian, and along is Jeff. Jeff, how are you doing today? Uh, actually doing uh, pretty well. It's going to be an interesting topic for today because it's one of those things that everyone goes through from time to time, and it's a question of uh, how they will perform. And I'll just sort of leave it at that and let you uh, kick it off. Yeah, there you go. You're right. It's a, it's a universal subject, and what we will be talking about today are trials and tribulations. Over in Acts chapter 14, the Apostle Paul said, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. And if you were to say, well, what does that mean? Why is he saying that? Well, if you go over to Acts chapter 14, you'll notice beginning in verse 19 that we have a situation here where the Christians during that time were suffering persecutions. And that certainly applied to the Apostle Paul. And we see over in verse 19, it says, Then Jews from Antioch and Iconium came to where Paul was at and the other men. And having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. So you can only imagine, I mean, being stoned, you know, as, as you talk about persecution, that's certainly a physical manifestation of persecution, right? But anyhow, verse 20, however, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city. The next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. So we see the Lord blessed him here, you know, allowed him to remain alive. The Lord still had work for him to do. So they were then told that, uh, you know, they, they went preaching the gospel to that city, and many made disciples. They returned to Lystria, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and saying, we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. So just a little context there, but Jeff, as we can see, trials and tribulations, we're going to get into all this, but when you think about what Paul had to endure, and then within a day or so is telling, hey, you know what? We're going to all have to enter tribulation, so just understand that. And of course, he had gone through a pretty harsh trial, didn't he? Well, exactly. And we'll kind of use that uh, to make a point you know, later on about having perspective. But uh, And we'll also kind of a little bit later on talk about and expand on this concept of trials and tribulations, because at least based on uh, Acts 14, I think people might say, oh, well, that just refers to religious persecution. But, uh, you know, as we'll see, a lot more facets to it. Yeah, there really is. And what we want to consider in this podcast is, you know, these common trials, right, that all of us experience in our lives just as human beings. And then we'll shift gears and talk about, well, how trials test our faith. What happens? What can happen to our faith? Then we'll talk about what does the Bible teach us about how we endure trials? And beyond that, what does the Bible teach us about the benefits of trials? Because the Bible talks a lot about that and about a lot of the benefits of trials. And then we'll finish up kind of talking about, you know, the importance of keeping perspective. So Jeff, I'll turn it over to you uh, and let you kick this thing off. All right. So talking about trials, tribulations, common things that we experience in our life. First of all, I, I think we need to recognize that these terms, uh, at least from a Bible perspective, 
have uh, it's it's a very rich, uh, very uh, colorful uh, collection of words. You know, particularly you know translated from the Greek. Uh, one of them refers to a pressing or a pressure. You know, whether literal or figurative, uh, and particularly in a figurative sense, oppression, affliction, tribulation, distress, anguish, burden, persecution, trouble. Uh, I think we often, uh, at least here in the United States, uh, have a little bit of a slang expression about being in a pinch or being between a rock and a hard place. You know, being under pressure, being under stress. So this that's kind of one term. Uh, there's a second term, which has kind of a very different perspective uh, that is based on an experiment or a, you know, like a clinical trial or a chemistry kind of experiment, an attempt, a proving, at least in a figurative sense, a test of man's fidelity, integrity, virtue, or a test from the perspective of an enticement to sin or temptation. So you kind of got both of those, like, you know, putting something like, like going through a test in school, right? Are you going to pass the test? Uh, the third word, which is mentioned in a couple places, <laughs> the root meaning is to set on fire a burning and in this particular sense, uh, a refining uh, in the sense of like how you would refine gold, silver, precious metals, put them in a furnace, etc. In fact, I think there's one verse that actually talks about a fiery trial. Now, you take all these different words and all these different perspectives and you start, I think, detecting a couple common themes, if you will, that these things tend to be you know, some kind of situation where we're faced with a decision, you know, some kind of an emotional decision or ethical or moral decision or choice that depending upon what we, how we respond, how we choose reveals something about our character and that these situations either perhaps are unpleasant, undesirable, and we are called upon to perhaps patiently endure it. Or it's something that's very desirable, very pleasant, but sinful, and we're called upon to resist it. So again, Brian, just a good number of words, definitions, a very rich thing. Did you want to mention anything before I actually start giving some examples? Well, I'll just say I appreciate you starting out by defining these terms because it can certainly help us to understand what it means. Gotcha. So, first of all, let's kind of start off by looking at examples that basically are common to all of us. Uh, things all of us encounter, Christians, non-Christians, whatever the case may be, and they're often accompanied by all different kinds of temptations. I mean, we might be tempted to get angry or get depressed or to seek relief via things like alcohol or drugs or illicit sex, or seek revenge, etc. And so maybe kind of starting off with some simple, easier situations, and we'll, you know, graduate to more uh, harsh situations, you know, simple things like disappointments, like, you know, on the job, or, or, you know, looking to get a job, 
and you're turned down for the job or you're turned down for promotion, you know, simple disappointments. Sometimes to escalate a little bit, sometimes it's like money challenges that we all may face from time to time or even more so, you know, health challenges with, you know, some degree of, you know, injury or pain or suffering or illness, etc. That's happening either to us or our loved ones. Uh, sometimes even above and beyond that, you know, somewhat traumatic events like, you know, car crashes or, you know, crime or being raped or uh, things that cause a great deal of mental anguish. And some of those even rise up to the national level, like here within the United States, uh, you know, John F. Kennedy's assassination back in the 60s, the terrorist attacks of 9-11. If my dating is correct, we're coming up on basically the second anniversary of this whole COVID-19, you know, pandemic that's in some ways put the whole world into, you know, a state of, well, in some cases panic, but certainly a lot of suffering, illness, lockdowns, disease, death, loss of jobs, economic hardship. I mean, you name it. And we're all going through it, you know, Christians, non-Christians, whatever. Uh, you know, globally, and certainly, you know, major events in, in our lives, you know, at the perhaps the extreme level, you know, suffering and death of family members, loved ones, etc. So anyway, key point being is there are a lot of things out there that are just naturally part of life that we all go through, accompanied by temptations to, as we said earlier, get angry, lash out, seek revenge or get depressed, or, you know, seek relief through, you know, uh, illicit means. Uh, again, a lot of things that are common to man. So it's kind of shift to some degree. I mean, this is common to everybody, regardless of your religious affiliation. But there are some that, at least for those who, you know, accept the Bible as God's word, you know, accept Jesus as, as the Christ, Christians, etc. There's some things that are more unique, you know, to us. You know, certainly there are temptations and, you know, in terms of, you know, temptations to sin, struggle that we have between our fleshly desires and, and what we mentally might want, according to God's word. Uh, I'm reminded of Matthew chapter 26, verse 41. that says, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And of course, these kinds of temptations are, you know, are out there in the world, but where the pressure starts is with Christians who know better. <laughs> and we're tempted to, you know, go do those things. But even in that context, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning the first part of verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you except as is common to man. So, you know, we have temptation to sin. We certainly sometimes get uh, at cross purposes with our fellow Christians and get into, you know, discussions or debates or starting to get heated, etc. You know, there's all kinds of, you know, pressures and trials regarding doctrines that are out there. And should we do this or should we not do that? And of course, we, we see that across the religious, you know, denominational world. You know, sometimes we certainly see that even within local congregations and sort of the trials that that, that creates with people that are somewhat disagreeing, which, ten, which in cases where it starts to escalate. 
certainly there are you know hard times when we see the gospel being rejected by people we try to talk to you know neighbors or even close friends or even family members in fact brian i'm kind of reminded and if you don't mind can you go ahead go over to matthew chapter 10 and read verse 34 through 37 for us please oh uh, yes here it says do not think that i came to bring peace on earth this is jesus speaking i did not come to bring peace but a sword for i have come to set a man against his father a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. You know, Jeff, right. the first time I read that, that's a little shocking, <laughs> you know, the way it he is. just stated it. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> Jesus is saying that we're going to have these harsh relationships with our own family? Anyhow. Well, and, you know, certainly we have seen that come to pass in a lot of families where one or two members exposed to the gospel, perhaps by, you know, some friends elsewhere, decide to obey the gospel, which carries with it certain, um, not only certain blessings, but also certain uh, requirements and things that they need to do, things they need to do, things they need to stop doing, etc., and that immediately throws them at odds with other family members who don't accept the gospel. And now you've got this contentious relationship within the family. And that can be, you know, extremely stressful, stressing. <laughs> As we said earlier, you know, pressure <laughs> caught in the pinch, so to speak. And then, of course, we have, uh, you know, other, you know, trials and tribulations within the religious domain with our fellow brethren who basically apostatize, fall away into sin, et cetera, or freeze to repent, or even sometimes even whole congregations, you know, get into what's sometimes called church splits, where very traumatic and, you know, the groups basically divide and all of the, you know, accompanying uh, temptations, if you will, to get angry, lash out, again, get depressed, all different kinds of uh, you know, negative reactions that we can have. But, you know, Brian, in addition to everything that we've been talking about so far, sometimes, I hate to say it, but it seems like these things happen in clumps. You know, it isn't just, oh, I had this one thing go wrong. It's like, oh, yeah, today you would not believe, you know, first of all, the car wouldn't start. And then when I got to work, the boss chewed me out. And then I got into this, you know, debate, if you will, with, you know, someone after work regarding, you know, religious differences. It's just the whole day. <laughs> it's just been a bad day. No good, very bad day. Uh, we have sometimes a phrase that says, when it rains, it pours. And certainly from a biblical perspective, uh, maybe our listeners are reminded of what happened to Job in basically one chapter. <laughs> you know, Satan being allowed to rain all kinds of trials and turmoil, you know, on him all at once. And, and of course, in our lives, that <laughs> hopefully never happens. Uh, but yes, Brian, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, everything seems to go wrong uh, all at once. Any any comments before we talk about where these things come from? Yeah, and I'll just say that I think when that happens, that's when we can be really vulnerable. We'll get more into that, but uh, we just have to be conscious of of that element, right? 
where we can experience a lot of adversity in a short period of time. Yeah, like a compounding effect, or you're just getting hammered and hammered and hammered from different directions, which I think explains succinctly what exactly happened to, to Job. Now, a good point I think we want to make uh, at this point is these kinds of trials and tribulations really indeed come from a number of different sources. So let's look at some of the sources of these various trials and tribulations. Now, certainly, sometimes we bring it on ourselves. I mean, our own actions, our own sins lead to us suffering. You know, sometimes it's who we have as, you know, choose as our friends. Sometimes it's where we choose to go. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, places, situations, you know, in the city where, you know, you don't want to go there. You know, you don't want to go down to the bars. You don't want to go down to the strip joints. You don't want to go down to the nightclubs for a number of different reasons, but not the least of which is sometimes, you know, you just run into bad people there and you get, you know, get into fights, get stabbed, I mean, whatever, right? Sometimes these kinds of consequences are the result of our own bad decisions, number one. Number two, sometimes it's not us. Sometimes it's the bad decisions of other people. You know, has nothing to do with us, not our fault. You know, we just happen to get caught in the, uh, the consequences. Uh, another area, which is kind of an interesting one, and that's related to sometimes we're just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, some people might refer to that as time and chance. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 12. Uh, Solomon writes, or the Holy Spirit through Solomon writes, I returned and saw under the sun, and now, of course, he, he's going to talk about some things that are positive. The race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all, certainly in terms of positive, but also in terms of negative and disappointments. So those are just three very brief sources. Uh, in fact, Brian, at one point I did some research and I think I came up, let me count them here real quick, one, two, three, four, five, six different sources of these kinds of trials and tribulations. And let me just add real quickly a couple more. You know, sometimes things happen just based on natural laws and the forces of nature, which happen to all of us. You know, tornadoes, hurricanes, droughts, floods, etc. We mentioned time and chance being in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, where lightning happens to strike or a train wreck or plane crash or a car wreck, whatever. We mentioned people committing sin with natural consequences being a result of that. We mentioned people sinning and the innocent get caught up uh, in the ensuing circumstances like, for instance, the children of divorcing parents, victim of drunk drivers, victims of child molesters. I mean, you name it. Uh, another reason is, you know, basically we all live in a world that has pretty much suffered the effects and the consequences of sin in the garden. Adam and Eve, Genesis chapter 3. You know, things like pain in childbirth, uh, weeds, disease, etc. And then, of course, as we'll talk about a little bit later on, sometimes there's trials because people stand up for what's right and they suffer persecution as a result of their beliefs. And we'll kind of get more in, into that in a few moments. So just a whole variety 
of sources. Sometimes it's our fault, but often it's not. <laughs> Brian, did you want to add anything to that? No, you're exactly right. And I appreciate those examples. And, you know, you, you've touched on several, and I think we could probably spend another 15 minutes, right, coming up with all kinds of it. It just shows you how multifaceted, right, trials and tribulations can be. They come from every direction at times. Right. And sometimes several at once. But the good news is, you know, God's word does give us, you know, clear guidance, clear instructions, clear perspectives. Uh, in fact, you know, some people, even through their wisdom, you know, uh, have come up with wise things. You know, for instance, you know, I've got a quote here from Benjamin Franklin, which I think is very relevant. While we may not be able to control all that happens to us, we can control what happens inside of us. Let me say that again. While we may not be able to control all that happens to us, we can control what happens inside of us. How we respond? Uh, are we going to allow it, the situation to uh, strengthen us, to build us up, or to wear us down and, and tear us down? So there you go, Brian. Any other comments before we transition to the uh, next section? Yeah, I like the the quote, and you know it's it's important to, as he mentions there, really think about how do we react to what happens. What do we do? And really, that kind of transitions us to the next point, and that is that we have to realize that trials will test our faith. That's just the reality of it. And I think any of us who've been, you know, a Christian for any period of time, we know this, right? And and so. It's just so critical to understand not only will it test our faith, but we have to be careful not to become weary. Now, no doubt, being weary in and of itself is not a sin. But if that weariness leads to sin by lashing out at somebody or, or doing something inappropriate, well, that's different. And, you know, over in Psalm 142, you know, David really gives a good example of what can happen to all of us. So here was David. He was a man who was a king, very strong individual. In fact, God tells us that he was a man after his own heart. But even David, when Saul was relentlessly pursuing him and trying to kill him, reached a point where he was weary. And Psalm 142, Jeff, if I could get you to read that, it's seven verses. If we could just go through that, because it's, it's a good example of what can happen when uh, we face some of these trials. Right. And, and as I go through that, you know, not, I guess I would encourage our listeners to also pay attention not only to what he's saying, but also sort of the emotional backdrop or the emotional context that David is suffering through. Again, Psalm 142, beginning with uh, verse one. I cry out to the Lord with my voice. With my voice to the Lord, I make my supplication. I pour out my complaint before him. I declare before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then you knew my path. In the way in which I walk, they have secretly set a snare for me. Look on my right hand and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me. Refuge has failed me. No one cares for my soul. I cried out to you, O Lord, and I said, you, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, 
that I may praise your name. The righteous shall surround me, for you have dealt bountifully with me. Pretty strong emotional context there, right? Yeah, it absolutely was. And and I think it really illustrates how weary people can become, right? And, you know, it's interesting. David really teaches us a valuable lesson here, and that is turn to the Lord, right? We turn to God knowing that He is our refuge, that He does care for us. In fact, it reminds me of Philippians 4, 6, where it talks about, you know, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So, you know, that's one of the wonderful blessings that we have as Christians is the power of prayer and being able through Jesus to approach our great God. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, when we are weary, it's so easy to be susceptible to sin. And just a couple quick examples. One is with Cain and Abel. As our listeners might remember, Cain's sacrifice that he brought to the Lord was rejected. Well, why was that? Well, if you study some other passages, what you'll see is that Abel offered his sacrifice by faith. In other words, by the instructions that God gave them as far as what he wanted and expected for a sacrifice. Abel followed what God wanted. Cain did not. And so God rejected Cain's sacrifice. Cain, as a result, became weary, became angry. And God made a very important point to Cain over in Genesis chapter 4, where he said, you know, sin lies at the door, Cain. Be aware of that. When you're weary, when you're angry, sin lies at the door. So in Genesis 4, beginning in verse 6, the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? Verse 7, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. And so when we think about this idea of sin lying at the door, you know, the devil is really hoping that we will become weary and as a result, we'll blame others, blame God, become angry, act inappropriately. Another one real quick is Jonah. You might remember Jonah was asked by God to go and cry out to the Ninevites because they were wicked and basically call on them to repent or the city would be destroyed. Well, Jonah did not want God to spare Nineveh. He did not like the Ninevites. There was a history with his country and the Ninevites. Regardless, he did not because he didn't want God to spare Nineveh, he tried to flee from the Lord. And as we know, he went on this ship and ended up being in the you know, uh, belly of a big fish and so forth. And so just a couple of examples of, you know, once again, the weariness can come from trials and tribulations, or the weariness can be, come from something that we don't want to do or something that makes us angry. There's just so many different reasons why we can become more susceptible to sin. In fact, it can lead us down this path where we can blame God right? And, you know, why isn't God making sure this doesn't happen to me? When that's not really realistic, because there's many reasons, as Jeff pointed out, that trials can come into our life. So anyhow, the uh, passage we want to think about over in Ephesians chapter 4 says, be angry and do not sin. This is verses 26 and 27. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your wrath, nor give place to the devil. So that's the key, right? Is if we allow ourselves to become weary and we fail the test, if you will, then you know we just have to understand it's so easy to sin and we want to be careful about that. So Jeff, anything you want to add before we move on? Well, the only thing I just might add, you know, from a practical perspective, I mean, we recognize this all the time. 
you know, if we've had a long, hard day at work and we're kind of tired and we go home, for instance, it is so easy. And I, I'm, uh, you know, thinking in terms of, you know, you get home all, all tired and, you know, your spouse needs something or the dishwasher needs attention or the kids are crying or whatever. And it's just so tempting because you're tired, <laughs> weary to lash out or just, you know, not take care of things that need to be taken care of. And of course, again, we recognize that in, in the physical sense, uh, even more so in, in the spiritual sense that, you know, when, when you're kind of beat down, it is so easy to either give up or lash out or get angry or whatever the case may be. Yeah, that's a good point. In fact, we have a saying here in the States, right, where we kick the dog, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> people kick the dog. The dog didn't do anything. You're just frustrated. Well, we just not only have to be careful about, you know, being susceptible to sin uh, when we're weary, but, you know, if we allow ourselves to go down that path, we might even fall away. And there are many people who just give up on the Lord and give up on religion because they feel in some way that they've been slighted or and improperly treated, or the Lord hasn't stepped in and prevented this from happening. So, you know, if we have those kind of beliefs or sort of warped views, then it would be very easy to fall away. And so, you know, Jesus know, knew this. I mean, he came to this earth. He lived as a man. The scriptures tell us he was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So certainly there's no one more qualified than Jesus to tell us, well, a, be aware that you could do this, but B, what do you need to prevent this, right? So, you know, before we get into all those details, I will just say that, you know, Jesus made the point that if we are spiritually weak, if we do not have a strong foundation, then this can happen, right? We can fall away. So, for instance, in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is going through what we call the parable of the sower. And in verse 5, he says, he talks about different types of hearts, different types of people, and how they react to the truth and so forth. And so he says, you know, when the truth was scattered like seeds, if you will, some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Now, the first time you hear that or read that, you might think, what is he talking about here? And well, Jesus goes on to help us understand this. In verses 20 and 21, he explains the parable of, in Matthew 13. He says, but he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. And so Jesus is teaching an important lesson uh, about, you know, having that spiritual strength so that you can endure for more than just a little while, so that you do not stumble. Uh, one more passage, Jeff, if you would read it for us, please, over in Matthew chapter 7, uh, verses 26 and 27, where Jesus talks about the need to build the spiritual foundation. Certainly. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. So if we do not have a spiritual foundation 
based on the words of Jesus. Then when we have these trials and tribulations, Jesus makes it very clear. Our spiritual house can fall, and we can certainly fall away from the Lord. So, you know, it's easy, especially if you've been a Christian for a while, to think, oh, this would never happen to me. I mean, I know it's, you know, those weak Christians, those new babes in Christ, well, they're susceptible. Don't deceive yourself, right? The Bible says, take heed lest you fall. We can all fall away, especially if we endure or face, I should say, a series of trials of tribulations that maybe seem never-ending, or you just, you know, once again become so weary that you lose sight of the fact that God has given us what we need to deal with this. So, Jeff, I think that's the key, right, is that God's not leaving us on our own saying, good luck, hope that all works out for you, right? He's actually given us something tangible we can do. Well, I, I like that. And we've already started to hint at some of the ways that we can uh, endure or persevere through these trials, or if you will, pass the test <laughs> that we're uh, this being is sort of that we're going through. Uh, and I think, in terms of you mentioned foundation, you know, within that same context, I think the first place we probably want to start with, you know, we talk about having a foundation. Uh, Matthew, a couple verses prior. Uh, 24 through 25. So what, So this is like the other part of the story. Brian, you want to read that one? Yeah, beginning in verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Thank you. So, I mean, on a very simple level, you know, Jesus is saying, well, first of all, you need to hear what I have to say. You know, you need to listen to what Jesus says. And of course, you know, via the Holy Spirit, what the uh, the apostles and prophets, you know, revealed and wrote down in, in the rest of the New Testament scriptures as well. So part of, if you will, passing this test is to study for the test <laughs> in some ways, gaining a knowledge of the scriptures uh, and, you know, having that as part of the foundation. But also another part of the foundation um, is actually doing what it says, practicing what it says. And, you know, Brian, in some ways, unlike the the parable that he has, you know, building on a rock, which typically does not change, you know, in our case, our foundation, our spiritual foundation can be, actually should be becoming stronger over time you know as we gain knowledge of the word as we consider it as we figure out how to apply it uh, as we practice it you know our, our foundation can become stronger over time or conversely can become weaker over time because you know we're we're not reading we're not studying we're not applying we're just kind of going with the flow in fact even in even in a classroom sense you know People who, you know, want to pass the test have to study the material. And in some cases, depending on the material, they have to practice. You know, if it's like practicing writing or practicing spelling or uh, practicing, you know, chemistry equations or, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, as I say, practice makes perfect. You know, it takes both knowledge and practice to, you know, build that good set of core skills. Certainly, we see that in the secular school sense. No different than in the, in the biblical sense. In fact, uh, a couple things that we offer at our website, I'll just mention real briefly. Under the study aids menu item, 
we have some plans that people can pick from to read the Bible. I think at least three plans are, you know, read the Bible in a year, different approaches. But we would certainly, you know, offer that up as an aid to, quote unquote, studying for the test. But, you know, in addition to, you know, reading, studying, there's also the practicing and coming full circle, being able to quote scripture. In fact, I'm reminded of what Jesus did with Satan in Matthew chapter four, for thus it is written. Well, if you know the scripture and can call, recall it to mind, you can say, oh, I'm right in the middle of this trial. Well, I remember Jesus said, there you go. Or, you know, Paul said, or Peter said, or the Holy Spirit through them said, uh, that can certainly help us uh, become spiritually strong to build a strong foundation. Brian, any thoughts before we uh, talk about another area? Yeah, you know, often we can see an example of what you just talked about as far as those who do a good job of building a strong spiritual foundation. When you look at, like, in comparison, a babe in Christ to somebody who's been a Christian for years. And, you know, I remember when I was younger, I always looked up to people who, whenever there was something that happened terrible or a trial or tribulation, but they always kind of kept their cool, as we might say, right? They were very level-headed. They approached it very logically, very uh, calmly. Unlike, you know, when we're younger, oftentimes we can be very reactive and become emotional and jump to conclusions and all of that. Well, that's what happens when you have a weak foundation, right? So can't emphasize enough the need to build that spiritual foundation. And then through experience, you'll be able to keep your cool, so to speak. Right. In these things. Very good. Which kind of leads us into our, our second uh, area, if we will, of how we can endure these trials. And that's kind of basically related to attitude, you know, maintaining the right attitude. Yes, certainly we need to, you know, read the scriptures, understand the scriptures, know what the scriptures mean intellectually, but there's also attitudes and emotions, et cetera, that are, are part of this as well. That having faith or trust or confidence in God, you know, to see us through, even though we don't know why, we don't know how long it's going to last, but we do know that, you know, he loves us. He wants what's best for us, et cetera. And earlier you mentioned David. Uh, here's uh, another passage in, in uh, Psalms chapter 57, uh, verse 1, where we see that kind of emotion coming through. Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you. In the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed by. We've already mentioned Job, so let's kind of return back to him for a moment. Uh, Brian, you want to go ahead and read Job chapter 1, verse 2. Let's do 21 and 22. Uh, yes, Job here said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Verse 22, In all this Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. Right. Now, in some ways it's interesting that, yes, Job has this phrase, you know, the Lord has taken away, even though he didn't really understand the why. And he certainly didn't have insight into, no, sorry, Job, it was really Satan <laughs> doing it. But still, that that wonderful expression of confidence, blessed be the name of the Lord. Regardless of what happens, blessed be the name of the Lord. Uh, and in contrast, Brian, why don't you go ahead and also do chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, and we see how his wife responded to the same situation. 
Yeah, verse 9, then his wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God and shall we not accept adversity? And all this Job did not sin with his lips. Right. And unfortunately, two things. One is, you know, Job was standing strong. Unfortunately, his wife was not. So you see that contrast. And I might also mention in this context, not only did Job, you know, suffer the loss of all of his financial wealth, not only did he suffer the loss of all of his children through death, but now he's even lost the, the support and encouragement of his wife, in addition to having, you know, lost his health. So, you know, there's yet another burden that he had to endure. You know, kind of, Brian, you know, speaking of, you know, enduring, and, you know, Job is by no means unique. You know, we kind of look throughout the, the scriptures, all the various, you know, trials and persecutions that the prophets went through, Jeremiah, Elijah, etc. In fact, James chapter 5, verses 10 and 11, uh, you know, James uses that uh, to hopefully encourage us. He says, my brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. And then, of course, as, as we were talking about earlier about, you know, growing uh, weary, so to speak, uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, again, trying to have a, the right attitude. Uh, Paul writes to the Galatians, and let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, Peter, uh, over in First uh, Peter chapter 4, starting roughly around verse 12, says we should rejoice if we're persecuted as Christians, because we partake of Christ's sufferings, and, the, and in so doing we glorify God. Uh, so having the right attitude. Brian, any additional thoughts on that? Yeah, the attitude's so important, and I know we kind of started off early on talking about this quote from Benjamin Franklin, right? How we react to it. And that's a lot about attitude, isn't it? So I appreciate those points. Well, indeed. And especially when, you know, things, and there's just about everything, almost everything, is outside our sphere of control and even outside our sphere of influence. But, you know, as you alluded to, as Ben Franklin did, you know, what we do have control over is how we respond. You know, when I hear phrases like, well, they made me angry. Well, it's like, well, hold on a second. <laughs> you know, it's not like they reached out and punched this little, you know, button on your emotion meter and, you know, punched the angry button. It's like, no, or uh, you're really allowing yourself to become angry. Yeah. So the, the another area in terms of how we can uh, endure trials, and I think, Brian, you kind of mentioned already, but we'll come back to it. That's prayer. First uh, Peter chapter five verses six and seven. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Similarly, echoed back in Psalms fifty-five verse twenty-two: Cast your burden on the Lord; He shall sustain you. Uh, he shall never permit the righteous to be moved. And then a very beautiful passage over in Philippians chapter 4. Yeah, Brian, why don't you go ahead and read that one, uh, verses uh, 6 and 7, and, and go ahead and comment on it if you like. Yeah, in fact, we looked at verse 6 earlier, when, as you mentioned, we were talking about 
you know, the the power of prayer and so forth. And you're right, it's a wonderful passage beginning in verse 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Verse 7 tells us, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, you know, this is one of those passages, Jeff, that is pretty easy to understand, right? But I think it's pretty powerful in that, you know, Jesus through his death on the cross, has opened up this gateway, if you will, to be able to pray to our Father, who Jesus, when he was on this earth, told us, our Father knows our needs, but he wants us to ask, he wants us to go to him, and then he will offer us this wonderful peace of knowing that he cares for us, that he loves us, and much like David, when he was in that cave, you know, it gave him great comfort because he knew, he he saw that there was something bigger out there and how he reacted was so important because it tells God that we do, in fact, trust him to help us get through any difficulty. Yeah, and you know, certainly that's kind of uh, you know contrary to our normal way of thinking that you know in the midst of a trial or a job loss or disease or religious persecution or cancer or whatever that we can actually have a sense of peace in the midst of all this turmoil. You know, to me, that that's just so, you know, wonderful, so to speak, because there is something greater, someone greater out there. But in addition to the someone greater, there's also the something greater out there in the future. Uh, you know, I'm kind of reminded of like, you know, Olympic athletes uh, that, you know, devote a significant portion every day, month after month, multiple years, and go through a number of, you know, physical pain and suffering and trials, whatever, just to have the chance to compete in the Olympics, you know, for a chance of, you know, winning, you know, gold, silver, bronze, etc. Uh, so they keep, in many ways, they have to keep their eye on the goal, keep their eyes on the prize, so to speak. And certainly in a spiritual sense, very relevant in terms of not getting bogged down in the day-to-day slogging through trials, tribulations, etc. But looking out, looking ahead, looking to the ultimate future of eternal life. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse, or I'm sorry, Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. You know, taking that long view, if you will. And then, of course, referring to, you know, upward call of God in Christ Jesus, certainly, you know, that includes the upward call, eternal life, plus heaven. First uh, Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 7 talks about an inheritance, uncorruptible, kept by the power of God. Um, also being able to do all things through Christ. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, what does that really mean? You know, these all things. Well, and, and you know, we can kind of decompose this, uh, Brian, into a couple things, like starting off with a sense of gratitude and love, for what Christ has done for us and how we should respond, as well as of enduring to help, you know, inspire us as well. You know, certainly, again, within uh, 
all things, this passage in Philippians 4, have strength for all things. In fact, you know, Paul, excellent example that he knew that through Christ, you know, he could bear, you know, all kinds of problems, you know, cold, hunger, persecution, that he could do any sort of duty. He could even live with his thorn in the flesh, which he refers to over in Second Corinthians. He could even be content in the middle of all this, that Christ could give him the strength to do all of that. Christ can give us the strength to do all of that. In fact, he mentions in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, uh, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. That the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And then certainly we also have not only Paul's example, but uh, Jesus's as well. Brian, if you would uh, go over to 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, beginning, let's say, verse 19, go down through verse 23, and then feel free to uh, comment on that. Okay, here it says, For this is commendable, if because of conscience toward God one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. For what credit is it if, when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled did not revile in return, when he suffered he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Yeah, Jesus is such a great example I don't know that any of us can relate to what he went through as it relates to going to the cross, right? Being beaten, scourged, mocked. You know, you were talking earlier, Jeff, about how you can have a bad day, right? And things can pile up. Well, that certainly would happen with Jesus. But yet, even in all that pain and anguish and people cursing him to his face, what did he do? He committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. And as our listeners may know, one of the things that Jesus said on the cross was, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Uh, Jeff, I'd like to think I could react like he did in that particular situation, but I really wonder, right? Because that's a almost an extreme example, right, of trials and tribulations and how challenging it can be uh, to, to handle or react appropriately. Well, and I'm thinking a couple different thoughts. One is, you know, we are certainly not wired that way. I mean, if I'm at work and someone, you know, starts to accuse me of doing something wrong or they start to get in my face, you know, my first reaction is not to be peaceable. My first reaction is like, what do you mean you said that? Well, you know, that's not fair. Right. I just like in a, in a moment. <laughs> and there you are, you know, getting sucked into an argument with anger lashing out you know imputing the other person's motives whatever you know that to me that's that's the way we normally and i say wired it's obviously a free free will freedom of choice but you know it is certainly not to be patient <laughs> well especially when emotion gets involved right if they tick you off so to speak uh, that's when things can really start to go south, right? Well, exactly. And, you know, I, I suspect our listeners can, you know, equate that into their own lives. I mean, we all tend to have certain triggers that, you know, when the circumstances are just right and someone or some situation, you know, punches our button, 
boy, we can sure fly off the handle. I mean, whether it's road rage, whether it's being short with our spouse, whether it's jumping on our kids, I mean, you name it. Right. You know, we're, we're all, all, we all have our own somewhat unique susceptibilities, if, you know, if I could use that term. Uh, and yet we can see through Christ, we can overcome. You know, we can do all things. Again, perhaps out of a sense of gratitude for what he's done for us. Uh, as well as, you know, looking to him, his example, you know, as well as, you know, Paul and the apostles and the prophets and, and, and what they endured. Okay, so Brian, so as we kind of wrap up this section, did you have any other thoughts about how we can uh, endure these sorts of, you know, trials and tribulations and hardships? You know, we actually do have some additional advice, but what we'll do is we will save that for the next episode, right? Because we're going to wrap this episode here. And we'll encourage our listeners to come back for part two, where we're going to talk about the benefits of trials and this idea of perseverance, for instance, and learning to be content and so forth. We'll also talk about in our next episode, the importance of keeping perspective. We might say, you know, the importance of seeing the big picture, for instance. So we'll take a look at that. And then, you know, we... Certainly, like we try to do uh, in just about every episode, we will also look at some questions that people have submitted on this subject. So please join us next time. So Jeff, if our listeners are interested in more information on trials and tribulations, do you have some advice for them? What our listeners could do is if they're especially interested in this topic uh, before the next podcast comes out, you know, go to our website, biblequestions.org, under the topics menu, we have a number of categories to include S for suffering, P for prayer, and even A for apostasy. And you know, as a reminder that saved Christians can indeed succumb to these trials, temptations, and fall away, uh, as well as Z for zeal and the kinds of things that can hopefully uh, power us through these trials and temptations. So literally, Brian, A through Z (laughs) at our website. Uh, Yeah, absolutely right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. We hope you will consider these uh, principles from God's Word, and please uh, come back for part two next week. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Bible Questions podcast. We invite you to visit our website at biblequestions.org, where you can find over a thousand scripture-filled articles on a wide variety of Bible topics, along with about two dozen free Bible study lessons and other Bible study aids. Plus, you can submit a Bible question to us to get a personal response within a couple of days. Check it all out at biblequestions.org.